0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you like talent, you're in the right place. Welcome to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Keith, baby, what's going on?
1: Mic check, mic check. My mic is hot, so you know it's time to talk some football. DP, what's going on?
0: Hey man, just living the dream as always, brother. You know we had uh, ACC and SEC media week this week, and and I just me, you know, being with my our guy Joe Marino down in Charlotte for you know taking in the ACC media day, and like uh, you said, you were able to, to to watch and keep up with the SEC uh, media day. Days because they had three uh, as we went on throughout the week so we got got some good stuff to talk uh, to talk about man you know with the coaches the commissioner everything else is going on in college football but before we get into that let's give a quick shout out to our partners at Bet Online as they continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information find all of the latest odds news and sports developments including Major League Baseball the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures with training camp right around the corner. BetOnline has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And, And Keith... As always, you know I love that last that last part because it segues us right into it all. Because you know the games are getting ready to start, man. We're getting close to fall oh, camp yeah. and college football, and you know you smell it, right? You know summertime. You, you usually take a whiff around your neighborhood, and somebody's grilling because it feels it's summertime. You 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 know it's yeah. summertime with people out there flipping burgers, got the dogs and the wings and everything on the. Now you take a sniff outside and it's like. I, f- I smell freshly cut grass. I I, I smell the the pig skin getting getting leathered up. I, I I smell football, Keith. And to get to fall camp and to get to to, to the season, we got to go through the media days and SEC media day. Uh, you know, media days and, and week was this week. And Keith, the SEC. I mean, you, you've alluded to this, it's the big dog, right? You know, you're an SEC <laughs> brethren yourself. Uh, so you know, you've we've talked about it a lot. And, and the SEC commissioner. It may be. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Maybe the most powerful man in college football right now, because this conference is the conference that everyone's looking at, it possibly trying to join. Right? You're talking about a two-team, a two-league super, super conference type deal. What are your thoughts? How how do you feel in terms of the, just the, where 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 we are, at the state of college football, and the power that the SEC commissioner um, has right now, Greg Sankey.
1: Yeah, so let's let's start off with talking about the rest of the um, conferences, right? So we had the ACC, we've had the Big Twelve, right? And and how they kick these media days off. Obviously, the commissioner comes on first, and he kind of sets the tone, sets the narrative. Um, for I guess you would say for the coaches, for the fan base, and just for the conference, right? And I would say this: watching last week. We had the Big 12. Right. And we, you know, we did our podcast. We talked about how that commissioner, you know, he knew that he, he came off as though he knew he had to, uh, you know, make things happen. Right. And then you fast forward to this week. And, um, you know, it, I, I thought of two words when I was listening to uh, commission, Commissioner Sankey. And, you know, he, he it probably took him 30 minutes to say this, but it, it, it really only needed two words. And really, all he had to say was, we good. <laughs> we good. Like and, and that that's all he had to say, right? Because man, you talk about being in a, a powerful position. Like like twelve of the last sixteen college football champions, right, have have come from um the SEC. The SEC dominates in track, right? Like they're they're average to above average in basketball. They have a blue blood program in Kentucky. Florida emerges every now and then. Their gymnastics is off the chain with you know LSU and Florida. So baseball, right, is, is off the charts. I believe, you know, a SEC team won in baseball. So, man, you're talking about just hitting on all cylinders right now. The SEC, is they're, they're not lacking for anything in any particular sport. So if you're asking, man, okay, the most powerful man in, in the SEC, right? And then the SEC is the most powerful conference in football. And then you ask me, is he the most powerful man in football? I would say yes. Like if, if, if you get rid of, all of the teams in the SEC, right? Like, and you eliminate those guys, then then what are we looking at for the rest of the college football landscape? Some of the, some of the biggest, um, you know, fan bases reside in the SEC. Man, we you still have a, a Tennessee team that you know, when Peyton Manning and those guys were there, right? Like, they were packing out a hundred thousand people stadium, but you know, it's just kind of waiting for them to come back up. So, man, the fan base is just so. Is 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 so you know rampant? They they try to get after it. Um, that the SEC definitely rules college football, and if that's the case, you have to see that kind of um, that the commissioner Sankey, he's kind of dictating the pace of this. I don't I don't think the NCAA. I, I think once the NCAA let NIL go up in flames, they they took their hands off all of this, right? Because once NIL was was pretty much kind of you know got introduced, then that's when you've seen the conferences, you know, kind of the realignment situation, Texas and Oklahoma's leaving. So now we're starting to see that, yeah, like it's, it's, it's up to these colleges. And the, and the SEC definitely um, ha, has the most powerful colleges in in, in football right now.
0: Nah, and, and everything you said is true, man, because at the end of the day, like you said, adding two more powerhouses in Oklahoma and Texas, like to, to take the best – programs basically from the big 12, right? Like, you know what I mean? And you think about, like you talk about with NIL and we all know if there's any place, if there's any team and program that's not hurting for cash, it's Texas. So then you pull that from the big 12 to the SEC to add just more finances and in, in, in terms of NIL opportunities. And it, it's just, it makes it difficult for the, for the rest of college football to just to stand you know, to stand in the mirror and hype themselves up every year, because when, when you look at everything else, the SEC has ruled it. So, and I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, if a team is available and, you know, Commissioner Sankey's like, we want you to join our conference. It's like, you know, was it, I'm, I'm blinking on the movie, but you know. It's it's like that Italian mob boss that gives you that offer that you just can't refuse. So it's right, like right. you just like you see you you want us to join you. It's like I mean you either with us or against us. I don't really see how that's going to benefit you to be against the SEC. Like you're going to join, and it's like it's tough, man. Like it's it's with all the changes and and, and with the realignment and everything else, and and making it where SEC is the the blue blood. It's like the things that and me and Joe talked about this, you know, in the car, it's like almost, like we're about to see where the old school pageantry of college football is about to deteriorate, Keith. Like the the rivalry games, you know, OU, OK State, which we talked about on the previous episode. You know, OK State's still going to be in the Big 12. As, as far as we know, you know, anything can change at this point. But, you know, Oklahoma, once they get into the SEC, that's more than likely done with, right? Like – if Clemson went to this, there, there was talks about Clemson going to the SEC, and they said if Clemson went to the SEC, that the SC, the, the Clemson and South Carolina game and someone who's a South Carolina, South Carolina resident and have been here like my whole life. It don't matter what their record are, Keith. Like either team, when they play, that's all bragging rights for the state, right? right? right like right. those teams, both teams could be four four and eight coming into that matchup and. Whoever wins get the bragging wrestler. Not only did we beat you and go to five and eight, but we beat you. So it doesn't nothing matters after that. Like South Carolina's been bad, a bad team for so so long. But if they can knock off Clemson, their season has been made. That's all that matters. <laughs> like, I'm telling you right now. Yes, that's a super bowl man when it's when it's clemson south carolina week you're gonna see all the flags the the, the maroon flags you're gonna see the orange and white flags all this the the store owners gonna st- st- stake their claim on who they rock with you're gonna see gear being put up in window it's it's it's, it's unreal man so it's like i for me and I, I want that's why i wanted to pose that to you how do you feel about that with the realignment real and stuff and with the SEC being the big dog and pulling other conferences, teams, and so forth and so on, does it does losing pa- the pageantry of it, the history that we kind of grew up on, does it bother you at all?
1: I I, I, I understand people. Um you know, wanting, you know, to keep it, right? But, I mean, things happen, right? Like, in yeah. losing one tradition could be the start of a new tradition, right? Like, and it, and it could be more exciting. Like, I, I remember, you know, being at LSU, right? And 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 in and, and that moment, it was a LSU versus Alabama rivalry, right? Like, that was the two big teams LSU looked to beat Alabama every year. Then I remember talking to some players that played at LSU from that – 2005 to 2008 range. And these are prominent LSU guys, like, you know, team captains, everything, right? So I asked them about Alabama and they said they didn't give a damn about Alabama, right? Because Alabama wasn't good during that period of time, they were focused on Tim Tebow, Percy Harvin. You know the the Florida team, right? Like Urban Meyer was their rival. So, man, I, and and not to say that either rivalry one was better than the other, they were both great for the LSU fan base, right? So, I, I want to say like I'm open to new things, like with with the conference realignment. I got on the whole Ohio State USC thing last week, right, about the, the the geographical part of it, right, which. Don't make sense, won't ever make sense to me, but whatever. But just to, have, to know that you as a college football fan, that you have the potential to get USC, Ohio State every year, right? Like that's something new, but doesn't that, you know, make you excited, right? Like when you rather see a USC, Ohio State game versus a USC Cal game or something like that. So, man, I think that it's, going, it's definitely going to be some some new things that, that come about, some going to be good, some not, not so good, but I think – Ultimately, it's going to end up okay. I think once we get down to these mega conferences, I think once you get to mega conference, you may still be able to schedule out of conference and make sure you keep your rivalry so uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State can do what's best for them, if you get what I'm saying, as far as keeping that rivalry going. But I I definitely think it's it's, it's going to be positive. And then I say be patient, because remember when Texas and Texas A&M, you know, when Texas A&M joined the SEC, everybody said, man, they're not going to play each other no more. The rivalry's gone. Okay, Texas will be back in twenty twenty five. So the robbery wasn't there for ten years. You know what I'm saying? So it's like let's let's be patient. Like let's let's relax. Let's see how this comes out. Um, I, I get you know people fighting against change, but man, change, all, all change isn't bad, baby. Like let's let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes.
0: No, no, you, you're right though, and. Because I'm one of those people, I love, I've love. i always loved the, the, the pageantry aspect of it. It's just kind of something always from like, just from the childhood, growing up watching it, you know, just seeing those things. But you bring up that interesting point It's just from the point that I didn't even think about myself. It's like, okay, like you talk about well, OSU, you know, Ohio State and USC, that could become the next big rivalry. So it's like these, the realignments definitely pose and present opportunities for new rivalries to you know, be manifested. So it's like, I, I'm, you know, you kind of, you swayed me there, Keith. I'm, you, you swayed me, baby. I'm not going to lie to you. You did. Cause I was, I was sitting there thinking about that, you know, you know, <laughs> last days. I was like, man, like you telling me we don't get this rivalry, this rivalry. Like, come on, man. Like that's what college football has been about, man. Like, but at the same time, you're right. Cause like you said, at the end of the day with the change and, like I said, we don't know who will, who else will jump ship and what will become of the Big 12, uh, what will become of the Pac-12, which I think they just killed all talks about combining, you know, or doing business together, I guess, uh, they went away from the from the negotiating table. So we don't know what is going to happen, but we know that the SEC is, of course, thriving and always will thrive. And the Big Ten is now on the up and up in terms of thriving as well. Uh, so it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be interesting to just see how everything unfolds and manifests. But looking at Coach Lane Kiffin. A, a Saban disciple. He's coached against Saban. He's been on the staff. He's done a lot of things, and he made you know, some, you know, some statements about NIL. Like it's, it's kind of almost, you know, sitting through the, you know, the conference, the ACC media day out that we were at. It became redundant on how certain coaches felt about NIL and and right. boosters and recruiting. It's, just, you know, I think a lot of them feel similar to 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 Saban and even Lane. D- does Lane have a point? Because he basically stated that, and, and put it into to paraphrase that, it's legalized cheating now. Like you got boosters, you got you know NIL that's going to significantly sway recruits. Is is that a fair point? In your opinion?
1: Yeah. I, so <laughs> the phrase, right? Like it's it's um it's it, it doesn't make sense because if it's legal then it isn't cheating, right? Like if, if it's legal right. to do it. But I think that's just a, a, a example of where coaches are with this, right? Like some of them, because they've been coaching in college football 10, 20, 30 years, that some of these actions, um, they're just not used to doing. So mm. it, it they don't know how far to push the envelope, which is not their fault, right? Like it, it, it is 100% not their fault. This is all on the NCAA and, you know, the, the, the higher powers that be for – Um, placing a structure, right? And I think that's going back to Nick Saban. That was Nick Saban's biggest gripe, right? That this is a free for all and nobody knows the rules. So everybody's allowed to play a different game, which somewhat isn't fair, right? And I I think what, what Lane was trying to say was, was that, yeah, like morally we've come up in a certain system, and then now we're all trying to figure out like, Hey, is this okay? Like, you know, like they're almost like double clutching or like, you know, they're sneaking and doing stuff when they can just do it out in the open, you know, like, like, you don't, you don't have to wait till it's nighttime to go do this. Like now nah, you can just do this out in the open, but like it's perfectly fine. Um, right. and, I, and I think that that's the the biggest issue. And I would even say this, right? Like the NCAA dropped this bomb on college football come, I think it was August 1st. Right. And for colleges, man, I, I always talk about how big recruiting slash talent acquisition is. And August 1st came, July 1st, whenever it started, that was NIL. There were no guidelines as far as how it can go. You've seen certain teams like Texas a and go pedal to the metal, right? And they landed the number one recruiting class. And sometimes one recruiting class can turn around and the future of your your program, and you ask, okay, this is old Miss, right? But remember, years ago, man, I'm not, I'm not I can't remember who the head coach was. It might have been Hugh Freeze, and they had that one great recruiting class, and I, I believe that was. I don't know if that was DK Metcalf, Laramie Tunsil, like they had one crazy recruiting class. Elijah and got,
0: Moore and a lot yeah, of Yeah, it was, guys, it was yeah. just a
1: bunch of dudes, right? And guess what happened? Ole Miss was consistently in the top 10. So I think a lot of these coaches a year later, they're kind of griping a little bit because they're like, man, like if I could have, if I knew I could have did that, I would have. You kind of get what I'm saying because it makes that much of a difference. So, man, it's just it's it's extremely tough, and I, I feel for those coaches. But I think Lane is right in the sense of the fact of, that they need to regulate it. Now transitioning, right? Like, cause now we're talking about the boosters, and when I when I heard him speak about this, this was something I did not think about. Cause obviously, like I said, I worked in college football. I knew that NIL was going to be. Uh, a blank show, you know, for, for, for them. Right. Like I knew, I knew it was going to go crazy in college football, but one thing I did not think about was the boosters and then them dictating players that's playing on the field. Right. Because it like Mm -hmm. in college football, it happens at a very minute level, but it's, it's not allowed to be exploited how it is now. And when you think about boosters, you know, if they decide that, Hey, I like this kid, I want to pay him a quarter million dollars. And then the head coach is sitting there like, man, Well, okay, you can go get him, but he's not that good, right? So now you have to explain to the booster that their investment cannot touch the field, right? And then that same booster has connections and with the 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 um, with the program, right? With with the board of directors and other people that can technically, you know, that may sway to get the head coach fired, right? Like, so you yeah. it's, it's, it's such a tough situation because now you're not allowing me to do my job as the head coach because you decided that you wanted to give a kid $250,000, <laughs> right? Like, allow me to figure that out. And then I know Lane mentioned that He said, like, some type of salary cap or something, which I agree 100%. Like, pay the players and and give it some type of salary cap or, or you know, it, but it has to be organized and on a playing field and definitely boosters. I'm, I think... I would allow them to put money in, but once they put their money in, they they can't determine who the money goes to. That's yeah. the issue, right? Like, cause now That's a donation
0: it doesn't give get yeah, power.
1: Yeah, you, you you get a donation, and then the football program is allowed to divvy this money out to whatever player they feel as though is that best. Like, it's a million dollar pot, and then here's your million million dollar recruiting kind of salary, right? And then now you go get the recruits, and you you hand out that money as the head coach. How you see fit. But allowing a booster to go over a head, a head coach's um, a head coach's authority, that that's just a recipe for disaster, and that's involving even more politics. Like everybody, you almost liken it to the Cowboys, right? Because Jerry Jones does it all, right? Jerry Jones can tell you what to do if you disagree him. He can fire you, he can, you know, (laughs) trade for the players, he can cut this player, he can decide to start that player, and that's why we have such an issue with. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, just imagine them there being a hundred Dallas Cowboy programs, you know, across the country. Like that, that that would be a disaster for college football.
0: No, and, and it, like you said, and you bring that that point up, and that's and that's not a point that I think people even think about, right? Like you said, a booster could legitimately. They not only do they have the money to pay the you know the NIL part of it for the recruit, but they got the type of power in the politics aspect to go over a coach and say, listen that's that's my that that's my money right there that's that's the kid that I put my my stock in and my investment in I need him on the field so it's like then it becomes an issue and, not just with the coaches staff but if, if you get the coach fired now it's like some issues with the players keep like that this that thing could go south really fast
1: yeah no and 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 that's the thing and that's the scary part for the coaches right because you're talking about boosters and and just to kind of because I try to simplify this as much as possible for the listeners so they can kind of understand the dynamics. A booster is just somebody that's simply been around the program, right? It could be somebody that's been a fan of LSU, goes to the games all the time. So they've been there and they've been the games for 20, 30 years, right? Quite naturally, you're going to meet other people and become friends with other people that are part of the program. So now you have a, I guess you can call it a click, right? Like you have a group of friends that's all invested in Ole Miss football. Then one of the friends say, "Hey, Lane Kiffin didn't want to pay my players, so now he picks up the phone, calls the rest of the boosters, right? And then now the boosters they know somebody that's on the board of directors at the school, right? And then now they're having that conversation with essentially your boss. And so I just wanted to, like, you know, kind of let our listeners know, like, you know, it's that simple, right? Like this is not no. Um, he wasn't talking about no scientific equation to how you go around the head. Coach is like, no, it's just simply. Guys being around the program, and then a lot of guys with a lot of money, and then them influencing the decisions that are getting made on the football field.
0: No, hundred percent. And like I remember hearing this take earlier this week, and it was basically like when it came down to the boosters, like it makes it. Because for, especially, like, even going back to this, the point Nick Saban made, he talked about parody in college football. And I'm like, that's never really been a thing, Nick. But okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's never really been a thing. <laughs> never uh, been a thing. <laughs> never been a thing, bud. But, you know, okay. You know, SEC has won 12 of the last 16 national titles, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, there has not been parody. But when you think about what the boosters – like. When you got Texas boosters, you know when you and it starts dipping into recruiting. You got Texas boosters, and then you got Northwestern boosters. Who exactly is going to give out the most money in this situation to a recruit? It's going to be Texas. You're not outbidding Texas boosters. You know what I mean? Because right. that's a you know that tech, that's a that's that's a lot. Of, they have a lot of money. That's a different type of money, right? So it's like that becomes an issue, and I, and that's why. I, I, I understand where Lane come from, and I even agree to it because it takes away like, you know me, man. I'm, I'm, I want parity in college football. I want Iowa to have a top five quarterback for once to go with these these <laughs> country-fed monsters on the front line, this great run game and underrated receivers. Same thing for freaking Wisconsin, man. They have, they have the blueprint. They have great defenses. They got great offensive lines. They got a monster in the backfield. Then they have this you know, wet blanket that quarterback. And it was like, well, all this is for nothing. Cause we're not going to go anywhere. We're never going to get to the championship like this. And it's like, and even if we do, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do when we get there? Nothing. Right. Cause our quarterback's not going to put up 30 points. He might give us 15. And now we got to hope the defense to get the other 15. Like I need, like, I want that. I want that shift in culture. But if the boosters are consistently going to be involved in how these recruits are making their decisions, it's like it, it just makes it a whole. It makes it un, like in my opinion, un, impossible. It makes it impossible to have parity in college football if they don't find a, reg, a way to regulate NIL and keep the boosters from being the sole deciding factor when it comes down to money for these kids to make their decisions. But it's always, it's always like with all the changes, all the stuff in college football. It's always fun to talk about, but. As always, you know, guys, we thank y'all for all the support. Love, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcasting network. And again, as we get closer, not just to college football, NFL is right around the corner. Training camp is next week. We're getting everything, is everything's getting loaded up, man. So again, holler at our friends over at Bet Online. Put some money in. Tell them we sent you. And when you win, holler at us on, on social media. Let us know that you got some bucks off of Bet Online. But as always. This is another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parcher with my guy, Keith Sanchez. And Keith, what's the slogan, baby?
1: Remember, talent is always the factor.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.